0: So we are in a series right now, going through the Gospel of Mark, called Doing What Jesus Does. And the idea behind this series is we're looking at the, the sort of, you could say, the action sequences in the Gospel of Mark, the, the occasions where Jesus encounters someone or something, and we see a part of his character and the way he responds. And we're challenging ourselves week after week to do what Jesus does. And today we're talking about compassion. Compassion is one of those things that most of us think that we are actually pretty good at, and a lot of the times we are. But I would, I would wager that for many of us, or at least is this, this way for me, it's not. it doesn't take long of asking myself honestly before I start to find those times where Compassion is not the strength for me that I feel like the Lord calls me to. One of those those times that that happens for me, I don't know what sort of gets you uh, in this way, but when I have a plan for whatever it is, if Lisa and I are going to run to a store and then come home, the plan is set. Any deviation from the plan, my first response is not usually compassionate. That can be if Lisa decides we need three more stores and I was conned into saying yes by going to the first one. Or more often, it can be because someone or something comes and takes more time than I was planning on spending at the store and while i'm usually very glad to give that time i also at the same time start to bristle this wasn't supposed to take this long and so what 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 wild thing happens is that in the moment when there's an opportunity to show someone the love of the lord just by listening oftentimes i find myself instead frustrated because my day isn't going the way I planned for it to go. I I shared one example. There are many others. One of the negatives about writing sermons on things like compassion is it forces you to reflect on all the ways you fall short of the standard during the process. But the single sentence sermon summary this morning is this. You are not the Lord of your life. So fill your heart with compassion. Let me say that again. You are not the Lord of your life. So fill your heart with compassion. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6 today, verses 30 through 56. You are welcome to follow along in your Bibles or to follow along on the screen. I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of Scripture. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was five thousand. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of a lake and he was alone on land. He saw his disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret, and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was, and wherever he went into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. You may be seated. The message today is called the rugged compassion of Jesus. And I use that word rugged because as we're going to see today, it's a compassion that weathers all kinds of struggles and never relents. You could say that this is one of the most impressive miracles of Jesus. Here in the middle of the story, the feeding of the 5,000, obviously we are shocked. And can you imagine being there to see a man take A couple of loaves and a couple of fish. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, feed what might have been as many as 20,000 people. It says the men, just the men, numbered 5,000. Can you imagine being there in this moment and then eating their fill? This was a time and a place where the people were poor and hungry. We read that and it doesn't stand out to us because we often eat our fill. But for many of them, it was probably the very first time in their lives they had felt a full stomach. Could you imagine? The miracle, the power, the way that that would grab you, make get into your thoughts and twist you all about and make you wonder, who is this person? Incredible revelation of the goodness and power of God. And yet, something we miss so often is that this story starts with the compassion of Jesus. And I think largely that rugged compassion is one of the most impressive miracles, one of the most impressive displays of his godliness. Not just here. While the words only in this first part of the story, we see that compassion show up again and again here in the story. So what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about what that compassion looked like, what it looked like when he showed it, and how we can show it as well. So what does compassion mean? Usually compassion is the word we give to a mix of three things. You take some sympathy, you add some affection, and you complete it with a desire to help. Compassion is what you feel or what you have when you have sympathy, affection, and a desire to relieve suffering or to help. Now, affection doesn't mean that you already know the person you're feeling compassionate for. Compassion means, or affection means a desire or a a, a positive feeling toward that person. Compassion is when these three things come together. One of the ways that we see this happen in the New Testament is in the book of Philemon, the Apostle Paul uses this word compassion to describe Onesimus, the slave he's sending to Phile- to, back to Philemon as a, as a brother for Philemon to, to treat as a Christian brother. And he says that Onesimus is his very heart. It's that word compassion, it's an affection, a sympathy and a desire to help put together. We see this in the the parable of the prodigal son. This is what the father has when he begins to run out to his son. The only place in the entire Bible that God runs is when one of his children, in shame, feeling like they don't deserve to be there, comes back. Oftentimes we may find ourselves in that position. We come back to the Lord not believing we deserve to be there, and that's okay It's not about whether or not we deserve to be there because he runs to us, filled with compassion. It's the word that the good Samaritan has for the traveler. Sympathy, affection, and a desire to help. The word in Greek is a fun one. Um, It's splaknos. So I know everyone will want to remember that. Splachnos. um It means bowels or deep affection. This is where Greek gets fun. A deeply felt emotion. So this is true. The, the picture here is that when you have compassion, it moves you. not making it up I promise that's what the word means and the picture here is exactly as intended this is a thing that isn't just felt it causes action it moves us this is why they chose that word for this feeling or this this um, state of being of having compassion it's a thing that moves us Every time Jesus feels compassion, every single time, something happens. He moves. He acts. He responds. It isn't just something we feel. It's something that spurs us to action. So, the first time we see Jesus' compassion is here in verses 30 through 34. At the beginning of the story, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. In other words, he's trying to, to teach and, and spend some time with his apostles, right? Some, some focused teaching time, and they just want to get some privacy. Have you ever been there? You just, you just want to get away from the crowd for a little bit. And so, exhausted, they do that. They step away from the crowd. They went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them, ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. So when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Despite this desire to to find some solitude, some quiet, this throng of people show up to change Jesus' plans. It's an interruption. And Jesus' response is compassion. And I think that this happens because Jesus understood deeply that his day was about bringing glory to the Father. His life, his purpose was about bringing glory to the Father. It wasn't about the plans that he made in the morning going exactly as he had made them. He understood that in these moments, in these interruptions, there was something else going on. The work of God was present. The work of the Father was present. And so Jesus responds to the opportunity present in the interruption. And he shows compassion. He teaches and then performs one of the the most well-known miracles from the Gospels. Oftentimes, if you're like me, interruptions bother you. Does anyone relate to that? Am I the only one who hears bothered sometimes by interruptions? Five or six of us? Perhaps you honestly are not. You are better than I, but that doesn't mean that we would say that we don't want them. That doesn't mean that we would turn the person away. But what it does mean is that some part of us feels frustrated because the plan we've made is not the plan that's happening. And I think that that happens because deep down we feel like our day belongs to us. Our minutes are hours, Our days our weeks. They are ours to spend with as we choose. We feel like we have responsibilities to take care of. We set up a plan to do so and an interruption prevents me from having control, from being the Lord of my day. But what I have also found is this very interesting phenomenon. When people consider their faith and they consider their commitment to Jesus, oftentimes they would say that they are ready to do great things for him if he were to ask. If the Lord asked me, I would do great things, we think to ourselves. And I often wonder, what if the Lord's request for you is to spend 20 minutes listening to a person you hadn't planned listening to that day? What if that's the call he has for you? What if the Lord of your day wants to change it a little bit from the plan you have? Can you give that to him? Can we come to see the interruptions, the times that our day does not go as planned, the times when we have an idea of what we want to accomplish and something changes that as opportunities to show compassion? If you're like me, oftentimes, I'd I want to communicate this most of the time, this is a joy. I'm just realizing some of you who come in to see me are going to think, are we interrupting him? No, you're not. If I have my headbuds in and I'm looking at a list at Walmart, still interrupt me but know that I, I'm, I'm going to have a harder time with that. But that's not right and I know that. I wrestle with feeling like my time is my own because my time is not my own, neither is yours. When Jesus encounters an interruption, he responds with compassion. We're called to do the same. One more thing here before we move on to the next part of the story. We are blessed. We are blessed to see in Jesus a picture of how God responds to us when we come before him. Sometimes we might be prone to thinking that the Lord doesn't have time for us. We don't want to be a burden. I'm not, I don't deserve to step into his throne room again and again. We can know from this story and from so many others that we have no reason to fear. When we come to our Lord over and over again, like the crowds here coming to him that are eventually he's going to feed He looks on us with compassion you are never an unwelcome interruption to your lord he is always ready to give you his time i think that's an incredible and powerful thing about our lord i want to jump ahead here to verse 50 through 52 so he's walked on the water his disciples have seen him and they've responded in fear And it says, immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. One of the incredible things about Jesus' compassion is that it's present even in the midst of disappointment. Disappointment. These were his apostles. They had seen him perform many miracles before this. They had been present to see the feeding of the 5,000 from a few loaves and a few fish. They're in a storm and they're terrified because they've forgotten that they belong to and worship the Lord of the universe. The Lord who's over every part of the natural world. To prove the point, he comes walking past them on the boat. To show that he has no trouble with a storm. And since they belong to him, they don't need to be afraid. And yet, they cry out. He says, take courage. And it says they're completely amazed because they would not understood about the loaves. I think that Jesus hoped that they would have learned that he is Lord of the universe of the created order of the natural world. In him all things hold together moment by moment. We often look at these miracle stories and we're astounded by them, but the true incredible miracle is the fact that God holds creation together moment by moment. Parting the Red Sea is not nearly as big of a deal when you are the one holding it together every moment anyway. And so the Lord comes walking on water. And instead of expressing disappointment, instead of calling them knuckleheads or saying I'm done with you or looking for new apostles, he calms them. He gets in the boat. He tells them to take courage. One of the hardest things about being a pastor is to have people that you're, you meet with, you care about, you pray for, and they ask for guidance. And you give it. And then, a little while later, something's not gone the way that it was supposed to go, and you ask what has happened, and you realize that they asked you for guidance and didn't take it, and the consequences weren't good ones. That's not the case every time. My my guidance is not perfect. But I think perhaps if you're a parent, this is something you can relate to even more acutely. The number of times you've seen your child getting ready to do something unwise, and you've said, child, don't do that unwise thing. And then the child does the unwise thing. The consequences happen, and the child comes back in tears, confused as to why it happened, and you think, why? What's incredible to me about our Lord is that every single time we violate or break away from the, the truths, the commands that he gives us in scripture, every single time that we go against the will and desire he has for our life, we are exactly that person, stepping outside of the good guidance of the Lord. We receive consequences that are not positive, and we come back to him in pain In sadness, or confusion, and we say, why? Thankfully, the Lord, every single time, responds to us with compassion. God always welcomes us warmly, no matter how many times we stumble. In those moments when we feel disappointment with a person, we need to remember a few things. The first one is this, we're not their Lord. They have a Lord, and it's not us. If we are asked for encouragement or for guidance to be a part of someone's life, to walk along with them, or in some other way, they disappoint us, they're not ours. We might be tempted to to cut off a relationship or turn away in frustration or leave a person to the side of our lives and not give them the time or affection or sympathy or help the next time. And there are times that that might be warranted. There are times that you can actually hinder a person by offering too much help. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that thing in our own heart that says, don't ask me again. Do you wrestle with that? If so, I think that we need to look at our Lord and the picture and the ministry that he gives us and fill our hearts with compassion. Because no matter how many times we come before him confused and hurt, having broken away from the guidance he's given us, he responds to us every single time with compassion. If we're going to follow Jesus' example, one of the things that that means is that whenever there is a need that we can meet, that we encounter, whether it's a person that, that we are not naturally inclined to give that help to or it's a person that we are, whether it's at a time that we are not naturally inclined to give away or it's a time that it is, when the Lord puts before us a need The picture and example of Jesus shows us that we should respond with compassion. Do not let your plans for the day or the next few minutes rule over you. Remember that you belong to him. And what if the work the Lord has for you today is to spend a little extra time that you didn't plan on spending to show his love to someone else. Let compassion move you to action. One of the flaws we can have is we can see and have sympathy and know we could help but say, that's not for me to do. And let's be honest, wisdom is required here. Sometimes it isn't. It would not be good for you to get involved into every situation where there is a need that you see especially with the rise of things like social media. If you reached out and got involved into every problem you encountered, that could be a bad thing. But when the need is presented to you, the Lord calls us to respond with compassion. The word describes the church as the hands and feet of Jesus. Think about that for a moment. The hands and feet of Jesus. That means that you are the way he wants to be present. When a need comes before you, you are the way Jesus wants to be present. He's present through you. He wants, your, he wants to speak through your words. He wants to work through your hands. Whether it's a request for a little bit of time in a listening ear, whether it's giving up a Saturday to flip pancakes, whatever it is the Lord wants to work through you. And while it's so easy for us to be caught up and consumed with the way we would planned our life to go, he calls us to respond with compassion. You might be the only representative of Jesus that God has in that person's path, and he wants to work through you. So here's my challenge for you today. Like I said, I think most of us think of ourselves as being pretty good at compassion. I don't think most of us think of ourselves as not being compassionate people. But a little bit of reflection revealed to me just so many ways that I struggle here. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to ask yourself, what are the hard parts of my heart? What are the places and times, what are the people that I struggle to feel compassion toward? And go to the Lord and ask, fill me up. Help me to move. Use me as your hands and feet. Ask him to fill your heart with compassion and to use you to bless that person. And I think that one of the things that will happen is if we begin to be intentional about acting with compassion, we'll find it easier and easier to do. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. He provides an opportunity for us to join him. And when we do, change inside of our hearts begins to happen. We begin to become more like our Lord, and the positive, the good, the compassionate thing becomes easier the next time. Where do you struggle with compassion? Is it in the interruptions? Is it with that one person you know which one I'm talking about? Go to the Lord, ask him to fill you up and use you as his hands and feet and voice and see what happens. As a church, we have the opportunity to do this in a few weeks together. For some of you, the idea of giving up a Saturday to participate in something like a pancake and sausage breakfast is just, you have plans for that Saturday. Now, you may have plans you cannot break, I understand. But you have an opportunity here to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to compassionately respond to the needs of people around the world by helping to raise support. Can you go to him and say, Lord, use me. As a church, I encourage us to respond to that need. As individuals, I encourage you to go to him and ask him to reveal the growth you need to have. When you read the stories of the miracles of Jesus, be impressed by the miracles, but be impressed more by who Jesus is as he responds with compassion again and again. Pray with me. Father God, we come before you thankful for blessings. We love you and we praise you. And we ask for you to be with us. Lord, we confess to you that we are not you. And yet we want to be the Lord of our own lives so often. We want to be the ones who decide who deserves compassion and who doesn't. We want to be the ones to decide what our days and weeks and lives will look like. And Lord, we confess this to you and we ask you to help us to give it up, to trust you knowing that the picture you have for our day is better than any we could ever have on our own. Lord, we ask that you would help us to see the prompts you put before us and empower and encourage and call us in those moments to be your hands and feet.